This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center code. Have you heard of the seven deadly sins? Of course you have. The question is, can you name the seven deadly sins? And if your first thought is, well, you know what, if I could just remember that movie, Seven, I think it was Morgan Freeman and and Brad Pitt was in it. And there was this dude that was killing people one off by another uh, over the seven, seven deadly sins. And maybe you can come up with them, but let me make it easy, easy for you. There's pride, greed, envy, gluttony, anger, sloth, and lust. Most people think the seven deadly sins came from the Bible, but it didn't. It didn't come from the Bible, but close. Uh, Pope Gregory came up with a list in the 6th century, and St. Thomas Aquinas is the one that kind of made it famous and started talking about it in the 13th century. Uh, There are certainly things that God hates, but there's a separate verse in the Bible, which is Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, that says, There are six things the Lord hates, Seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. You know, the first ones of the seven deadly sins is pride. If you look up pride in the dictionary, there's just a whole bunch of different definitions for it, right? There's an unduly high opinion of oneself, exaggerated self-esteem, conceit, haughty behavior resulting from this. There's also proper respect for oneself, sense of one's own dignity or worth or self-respect, delight or satisfaction in one's own or other, another's achievements in associations, etc. A person or a thing in which pride is taken. So it's one of those words that has multiple definitions. Welcome to Podcast 101. I'm going to do something completely different here today. I'm going to talk to you about something that keeps you from being the great leader that you can be. Pride. Pride is one of those things that can completely derail your success. It can derail your relationships. It can derail your performance. It can derail the way you think about things. And so we're going to spend some time today with the hopes of not making you feel bad, not making you have some strange perspective on things, but to get you to recognize where pride infests the decisions that you make, the things that you do that keep you from being successful. You know, pride has gotten me fired. Many, many years ago, I hired someone and, and more than one person said, don't hire this person. If you hire this person... They're going to take your job because I was looking for somebody to come very close to me and help. And this was a person that I thought was a friend. And I just couldn't imagine that they would do that to me. And despite what some other really wise people told me, 
I ignored them, and I got fired. Pride also made me lose money twice, more money than I've ever lost in my life. The two largest times that I've lost money have been because of pride. The first one was that we, we made a stock investment, and there came a time when we had to follow up that investment. We needed to kind of back it up. And I was so angry that we were in the position that we, that we had to back it up because of things that were done outside of my control that I refused to back it up. And yet the people that were on the other side, the people that were, were against me but were providing it, they were smarter than me. And I knew they were smarter than me. And they were definitely financially smarter than me. But I was technology smarter than them. And I knew more about the business. And, and, I, and I didn't do what needed to be done. And it cost me an enormous amount of money. And then I made a personal investment and I lost so much money so fast. I lost money within weeks of investing it, literally weeks of investing it. And my wife told me not to do it. She told me she didn't have a piece about it. I didn't pray about it. I didn't take the time to really understand it, but thought I was just smarter and this was a really great thing to do. And it almost, uh, almost destroyed me. And I certainly lost every single penny and never got it, never got it back. I guess there was some sauce in the fact that I wasn't the only one, but it, it didn't matter. It probably had cost me a large amount of money. And of course, some of my best moments that I've ever had have been when I felt pride, whether it be towards my kids or something they had done or, or maybe a success that I'd had. You know, so pride does work both ways. You know, pride also affects obviously your business life and it affects your personal life as well. And what I want to do is I want to talk to you about getting you to recognize the places where pride can mess you up, where pride can cause you some problems and hold you back. And so all I want you to really do is to open up and listen. Let me share with you some places and see whether it matches. It probably isn't going to match everywhere, but there are probably some areas in your life, especially in your business, day-to-day operations, the decisions that you make the perspective that you have on where you fit in the organization and the people around you that could cause you harm. And I don't want you to, I want it to cause you harm. I want you to be a great, great leader. So let's get started. I think that there are four ways that pride can hurt you at your work. The first one is by being a know-it-all. And this is just uh, an inability to not think that you just don't know everything kind of person that needs to always be right. Sometimes you're perceived as an expert. You're already the smartest person in the room. And when the smartest person in the room, it's really hard for you to take any insight or any, any information from anybody else because because you think you're a know-it-all. Is that a strength of yours? There are areas in your business where you're, you're the smartest person in the room. And, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be the smartest person in the room. I'm not saying that you shouldn't you shouldn't expand on and expound on the information that you have and, and help people, but, but don't let it keep you from maybe finding out a better answer or a different answer. You know, another way pride manifests itself is you just have this need to teach other people all the time. You constantly want to teach them things. And again, that can be a really great thing. Hey, I've got stuff to tell. They don't understand it, but people get tired of being taught all the time. And people get tired of being taught over and over and over again or be being talked down to. And sometimes people feel like they're being talked down to and they're not really being talked down to, but it's because you think you're so wonderful and you know so much that you're keeping keeping other people 
from communicating it in a way that is best for them to receive it. Sometimes being a know-it-all means that you're too good to perform certain tasks. They're, they're, they're too low for you. They're just not what you do anymore because you've already done it or you've already, you already have command over that particular area and you need to do that because that's an area that you don't understand. So you don't understand. So you need to work on that yourself because I know and you know that you need to work on that. Again, there's always a reason why other people need to do tasks and do things. But if you're not carrying your fair share, if you're not, if you're not sharing the load, especially in difficult times, it can come back to haunt you. Sometimes we have a disregard to, to, to uh, listen to the advice of other people, right? Because we just know it all. Um, sometimes it's because they're our competition. We're in a, some sort of a career fight with somebody else and we just don't want to listen to that person because, because they're our competition. Maybe you don't want to listen to them because they're going to be the person that might, might impede your ability to do the, the, career that, the career that you want and the places that you're trying to go. Being a know-it-all sometimes come across as, as just constantly criticizing others. Are you the kind of person that because you're so smart, because you know so much, you end up criticizing others? And then sometimes, it, it, I know this sounds crazy, but you're just unprepared. Because you are such a know-it-all, you walk into meetings because you just want to wing it. And you just, you get lazy because you're already smarter than everybody else. So you don't take the time to prepare. You're unprepared. And not only does the company lose out on your preparation, which again, if you actually know more and then you're prepared, imagine what you can know. So I want to give you an example of somebody that fits this category. Uh, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was, was the founder of Apple. You know the story. He is the iPhone. And if you read his uh, biography, there's a section there that talks about the fact that they, they said that Steve Jobs had something called reality distortion. And that's that he was so smart and he was so bright that he could literally talk anybody into anything, no matter what it was, even if it was impossible. So he would, he would have a problem. The developers would say, listen, this can't be done for two years. And Steve Jobs would say, it can be done in six months. And they'd say, no, 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 it's going to be two years. It can be done in six months. And he'd get it done in six months. And sometimes somebody else would come with an idea and they'd say, Steve, this is my idea. I think we ought to add these 100 items. Steve would leave the room and go, I think we ought to add these 100 items. And the gentleman would say, no, 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 I said that. He goes, no, 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 I'm the one that said it. And he would just say it over and over and over again. And so they would, they would constantly be doing things that were, were so far outside what anybody thought anybody was capable of doing. And, and that's what being brilliant, literally one of the most brilliant people on earth can do, that, that they ended up doing things they never thought they had the capacity or ability to do because Steve Jobs was so convinced and had such power that it could be done that he got things done that could have never been done. At the same time, Steve Jobs went in for a doctor's appointment and they ran a scan and they said that you, that you, have, you have spots on your, I think it was your kidney, there's kidney or his liver. And the doctor said, we need to go in and, and do a biopsy of these and find out what they are. And Steve Jobs looked directly at the doctor and said, I don't have any spots in my liver. There's nothing wrong with me. Steve Jobs died of that, of that disease. He died because his pride was so overwhelming that he didn't listen to his doctors. I don't know whether he wouldn't have died of that anyway, but I know he died faster. And I know he died because he just, the, the, his greatest strength, which was this reality distortion that he put to great use in business, completely destroyed him because of his pride. 
Next up is being too proud to ask for help. Being too proud to ask for help. And, and usually that pride comes to the fact that it's just a sign of weakness. You know, you're, you're a leader now, you're responsible, and you're just afraid to ask for help. And you don't want to ask for help because your pride such that, well, if I ask for help, they're going to know it. And so you don't ask for help when you need the help. Sometimes it's political reasons. You know the politics and you don't want to look weak and you just have too much pride to ask anybody because, again, somebody might get some sort of an advantage over you. Or you don't want to ask for help because you don't want to look dumb you know, or uninformed. You don't want to look unprepared or you don't want to look like you're a failure because, because you actually need help. And then sometimes we don't ask, ask for help because there's such a perception that we already know what we're supposed to be doing that we, that we, we, we keep moving down that path and we just, we, we just, we don't want to go there because we don't want people to know that we've done something that we don't understand it. And then sometimes we'll just, we'll just skate on our responsibility because we just don't do it because in order to do it, we're going to have to get somebody to help. And if we have to get somebody to help, then that creates a, a whole different game, which again, makes us look weak. And our pride keeps us from doing that. You know, sometimes it, it, you know, pride can manifest itself in different ways. Or there are some people that are overly proud that have really low self-esteem. Or some people that are really controlling have low pride. And some people that are ungrateful, they, they have pride. They just, they, they won't turn. And, and usually one of the main reasons that people want to ask for help is they're just angry. They're so stinking angry that their pride just keeps them from asking for any sort of help that they might be able to get that would truly help them. You know, I, I've, got a, I've got a friend, kind of a slash acquaintance, and uh, he's got kids that are teenagers. And his daughter is, is a mess. I mean, is in serious, serious trouble. And because of his pride, he just won't tell anybody. He won't get any help. And despite what people have said to him, he, he just won't get any help because he's afraid what people will think about him, what they'll say about him, how they'll feel about him, what they might say about somebody else because, you know, he's really successful in his work, but this is his family and his family is failing in this area. But because of his pride, his, his family's a mess and he's unwilling to ask for help. Are you the kind of person that's unwilling to ask for help? If you are, then pride's getting in the way and you need to change that. Next up is, is a, you know, an area of reflection of pride is, is people that end up talking about themselves a lot. You know, there's a, there's a real need for attention and affirmation. So, so I know you've heard the expression, you know, uh, but enough about me. What do you think of me? Are you someone up that's a little bit self-absorbed? You spend a lot of time talking about yourself. Great sign of this is someone that talks about themselves in the third person. Right. Well, well, let me tell you what how Michael feels about this. Well, Michael feels about this when I'm talking about myself rather than I feel about this. People that are, are prideful, they have a tendency to, to think they're better than others. And if you say, well, you know, I'm not the kind of person that thinks I'm better than others. Well, you know, just being better than one other person or, or believing someone other you're more you're more significant, you're more valuable, you're just better uh, creates this environment of pride, which will ultimately be your downfall. Sometimes this manifests itself in you're more worried about how you look than what you do. And I see this quite often where 
there's a problem and somebody needs to work on it and they're afraid to let somebody work on it because they're afraid to work on it themselves because they know that if they work on it and they fail, then people are going to look down on them. So they just don't, they don't jump in. So they're one of these people that just kind of play Switzerland. They, 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 they want to be successful. They want to get promoted, but they just don't really want to get their hands dirty. And they certainly don't want to fail. Let me tell you, one of the signs of a great leader is someone that's, that's not afraid to fail. That's willing to jump in there with other team members and work really, really hard. And if they fail, they fail. But they, but they want to put the effort for it and they want to make sure that they try as hard as they can. Sometimes talk about yourself a lot, being someone that's so overwhelmed with you. Uh, sometimes that manifests itself in the fact that you're, you're just too busy. It's so much about you that you don't respond to other people. You delay. You make other people feel unimportant because you don't respond to them. You just kind of blow them off. And you're known as someone who, who blows them off. And that's because you just think you're too important. That's usually a reflection of, of pride. I'm not even going to give you an example of somebody that talks about themselves a lot. You can fill in the person because you know immediately when I said it who that person was. I hope it's not you. If it is you, then it's pretty simple. You know the answer to this one. But, but if it isn't you, is that person trouble? Is that somebody you can trust? Is that somebody that you would go to when the chips were really down? And the answer is probably no. And the reason is because they've got so much pride that you don't trust them. Uh, you don't trust them. They're not going to watch out for themselves. They're not going to watch out for the team. They're not going to watch out for the company. And let's be really clear. They're not going to watch out for you. And then the final reason is unable to submit to authority. And this is just simply that you, you, just, you just disregard the advice of others. because, And especially people that are, that are above you. And, and usually it's because you just think they're stupid. You just think you're smarter than they are. So you don't have any respect for them. Because you don't have respect for them, it's very hard for you to submit to authority. Or maybe you got a lot of childhood issues and you've always been someone who struggled with authority and you always want to be the person that's working against things. And so you just, you, you, you just, can't, you just can't do it. It's just really, really hard. So you don't take criticism really well. You don't take direction really well. You're just someone that wants to do your own thing. And, and it, it's, it's not because you're a bad person. You just struggle with submitting to authority. The other side of that is, is that maybe you're a name dropper. Uh, maybe you've kind of bought into this whole thing that it doesn't matter what you know, it's who you know. And you've been around business long enough to know that it really is, in many instances, who you know. But that's not the healthy way to get anywhere. And it ultimately doesn't get you anywhere to stay because if the who eventually leaves, you've got nothing to stand on other than the who, which is why you need to have the what together. But if you're a name dropper, if you're somebody that has a tendency to drop other people's names rather than your own, the odds are pretty good you got a little bit of a pride issue there and probably some self-esteem as well. And then you, you're usually the kind of person that justifies what you've done wrong rather than accepting it. You just, you just don't want, you just don't want to be the one held accountable and you, you're, you have an inability to be able to actually say that it was you. And again, because you're afraid of what authority might do to you or what the impact is, so you hide from your responsibility. You know what? I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to give it a shot and uh, hopefully it's going to work out, but I'm going to, I'm going to dive into the political depths here to give you someone that I think fits this category of unable to submit to authority. And it's the former president of the United States, Donald Trump. And I'm not going to talk about anything about him, good or bad, other than one issue. And that is, is that he was indicted for uh, a bunch of papers that he held in, um, that he held down at his Mar-a-Lago resort. 
and the government is indicting him because he didn't give them back. And of course, I'm sure you've read or heard all the different excuses about it. But what I thought was really, really interesting is somebody said, you know, if the fight really was about those papers, if he legitimately thought that he deserved to have those papers and there, was, there, were, those, there were his papers, and that because he was president, because he'd, because he'd got, had the authority or didn't have the authority, all he really had to do was to separate out his personal stuff, take that big list of all that stuff that was considered to be the government's, sent it back to the government, and then he could have gone and sued and gone to court and fought over the reasons why he should have had that. But because he was unwilling to submit to authority, which was the authority of the United States government since he wasn't president anymore, he's in a massive amount of trouble. And I don't know how it's going to turn out, but it seemed to me the perfect example of submitting to authority, yet knowing that there was also an avenue by which if he really believed that, he could have gotten him back. And so for all of you that want to send me a note that's either pro or or against Donald Trump, you know, go ahead and do that. But I thought it was a really great example of how, how being unable to submit to authority is a bad thing and a result of pride, just flat out, unmitigated pride. Well, I told you the things that you shouldn't do. So let me tell you the things that you should do on each one of these categories. Unable, unable to submit to authority and you want to overcome pride, submit to authority. Submit to authority means that you've got authority over you and you work within the bounds and the rules of your organization to get accomplished what's best for your customers, for your company, for your people, and for you. Talking about yourself a lot, humility. I mentioned this in my last podcast. It's just so obvious. Being humble is a great thing. It's a, such a lost attribute. It's something we need back so desperately be humble. Too proud to ask for help? Be a servant leader. Be somebody that, that gathers people around you that are really, really smart. And you work together with these really bright people to help accomplish what you need to get accomplished. Be a servant leader. And of course, being a know-it-all, be a consensus builder. Be a prepared consensus builder. Even if you've got the right answer, Go seek out other advice. Go take your information and let other people build on top of it if you're the smartest person. Get a different perspective. See a different angle. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but, but sit down on the floor and look at a room from a different perspective or get up on a chair. You just get a completely different perspective at things. If you're looking at a business problem or a business challenge, walk around and look at it from the other side. Look at it through somebody else's eyes. Look at it from a different angle. Look at it from a different measurement. There's so many different ways that you can that you can gather information and not keep yourself from being a know-it-all, but to make to help you to make good, wise decisions. What great leader wouldn't want to make really great, wise decisions? We all do. We should. Pride is one of those things that that you'll rarely hear about in leadership discussions. You certainly won't hear a 20-minute conversation about it in business. But man, nothing will stop you quicker. It cost me a job. It cost me an enormous amount of money twice because of pride. And I'm sure there's a million other places where pride has affected me. And I know it's affected you. So take a moment, sit down, look at some areas where pride's become an issue with you and step back from it. 
See that it's happening. Do something different. You know, there's a there's another Bible verse that talks about pride. It's Proverbs 16, 18. And it says, first pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. I don't want you to fall in business. I don't want pride to get in the way of you being wildly successful. I tell you, I've told you a hundred times, this is my hundred and first. You can be a great leader. I believe that with every fiber of my being. It just requires a lot of hard work and focus and and requires you to bring somebody along that can help you. Where are you with your mentor? Have you found one yet? I don't care how old you are. Find somebody that can help you. Hopefully these podcasts have helped you and are beginning to direct you and, and give you some ideas. But man, there's a lot of people that are much smarter than I am. And there's people that are close to you that can help you. And have you found somebody to mentor yet? Have you found a particular lane? If you, if you don't know all the areas, but there's some areas where you can help people out. Are you doing that? It'll make you better as well. You know, go out and be a great leader. Don't let pride stop you. I have no idea whether I'm going to do the other six. I probably will, but don't expect any of them anytime soon. We'll get back to Strictly Contact Centers next week. It's been great to talk to you this week. Look forward to talking to you next. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the Contact Center Coach.